Welcome to Technovation. I'm your host, Peter High. My three guests today are each technology and digital executives from Johnson Controls, a company that enhances the intelligence of buildings to the tune of nearly $30 billion in annual revenue. Mike Ellis is the company's chief customer and digital officer. Diane Schwarz is the company's chief information officer. And Vijay Sankaran is the company's chief technology officer. I'm interested in understanding how these executives and their roles fit together, how digital and technology innovation is shaping a 136-year-old company, and what the pandemic has taught them about the future of office buildings and of work itself, plus so much more. But first, a word from our partner, Transmit Security, and the company's co-founder and president, Rakesh Loonkar. Transmit Security is a cybersecurity organization that focuses on identity experience and is enabling a secure and passwordless future. They also recently received the highest Series A venture capital investment in history for a cybersecurity company at a valuation of $2.2 billion. Rakesh wanted to share a couple of recommendations for technology and digital executives on how to improve a company's cybersecurity infrastructure. Thank you so much, Peter. First, I strongly recommend to take part of their budget and dedicate it to really innovative companies. It has to be built into the budgets up front so that it serves as a forcing function to really look for new technologies. The, the second recommendation is outside of identity. There are two very interesting classes of security technologies that are emerging. The first one is improving the quality of code to make sure that your developers are not introducing software vulnerabilities. The second is cloud security. I think we're in the first inning of hundreds of companies that will be created offering really innovative ways of securing the multitude of problems in the cloud environments. I just want to leave your audience with this a last thing. Every single time they have to enter their password, change their password, can't remember their password or any other problems, please remember Transmit Security. And now for a word from our partner, Zoho, and the company's president, Timothy Casby. Prior to taking on his current role, he was the chief information officer of a number of companies, including Reliance Industries, Sears, Intrexon, and the Warehouse Group. He's now at Zoho, a most unusual enterprise software company, and wanted to share some perspectives from it. Timothy, take it away. Yes, Peter. Even before COVID hit, most savvy private equity businesses were looking for recession-proof companies as their targets. Or businesses that are thriving in the fourth industrial revolution, meaning those that are blurring the lines between physical, digital, and biological spheres. We at Zoho are positioned to help CIOs blur the physical and digital divide. Be it serving your customers, we provide marketing, sales, and support solutions. Or running your operations, we provide HR and finance tools. Or empowering your people, we provide powerful business intelligence, collaboration, and communication tools. Or for building differentiation, we provide business process optimization, low-code and no-code platforms to deliver apps faster. Learn more on how Zoho enables CIOs to thrive in the fourth industrial revolution at Zoho.com. Thanks, Timothy. And now on to the interview. Well, Mike Ellis, uh, Diane Schwarz, Vijay Sankaran, welcome to Technovation. It's great to speak with all three of you today. 
Um, I, let me begin with you, Mike, if, if you don't mind. You're the only of the three, uh, despite the fact that I've, I've had the pleasure of interviewing each of you, the only one that I've interviewed uh, in your current role as the longest tenured of the three of you, uh, having begun in roughly October of 19, if I recall correctly. Uh, you are the chief customer and digital officer of Johnson Controls. If you wouldn't mind, take a moment and describe your purview in that, that role and what it entails, please. Sure. Thanks, Peter. And a, and a pleasure to be here. Um, so it's, it's, it's somewhat of a unique title, uh, Chief Customer and Digital Officer. And uh, there's a reason behind it. One is uh, we not only as a company are transforming how we think about digital, um, how it infuses everything that we're doing, our strategy, how we start to use technology within all of our core products. But very importantly, what's the impact on the customer? And how do we engage with customers uh, to understand what's most important to them? Uh, how do we deliver against that, that goal? How do we do it in partnership with them? And in many ways, uh, co-innovation and uh, framing up the, the goals and the visions of, of what really can make a difference for them. Um, and so that's kind of how those titles come together. Uh, I've been responsible at, at the firm for a digital innovation and our strategy around how we start to actually use technology and digital within our, our product offerings um, and uh, how we deliver innovation in that same vein, if you will, working very closely in partnerships with my compatriots that you're also interviewing, Diane and Vijay. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, also within my purview is enterprise marketing. So the, all of the marketing function and the CMO responsibilities reporting up through me, as well as enterprise strategy. Um, so a strategy for, for the corporate, uh, you know, for the firm. Uh, and then I also have responsibility for uh, what I would call uh, really delivering with uh, game-changing lighthouse clients and customers out in the field, new digital solutions and, and capabilities in that partnership I talked about uh, a minute ago. That's a great overview and, and quite, a, quite a broad purview as well, Mike. I appreciate you, you, uh, you covering each of those. Diane, let me turn to you as the, the second longest tenured among the three of you. You joined in roughly August of 2020, if I recall correctly, as the chief information officer. Um, you're not the first person to hold that title in the organization, but uh, talk a bit about uh, your, your responsibilities as CIO, if you would. Sure. So in, in some respects, there's the traditional purview in terms of infrastructure and ERP and applications and websites and everything that comes with the CIO title. When I think about how I navigate it with my peers, and Mike and I sat down and talked about this shortly after I joined, if you think of a Venn diagram, and we'll think about employees, customers, and products, and I'll only talk about two-thirds of the Venn diagram because we'll let BJ finish off those pieces, is that I own the employee experience, how our employee operates with all of our applications, how they get the day-to-day -day job done. And Mike owns the customer's experience with our products. But then when you have the overlap of the Venn diagram, as the customers interact with portals, billing, um, you know, how to schedule a ticket for field service, that's where then it goes back into the, the CIO responsibilities. So it's not you know, black and white to say that everything the customer interacts with in Johnson Controls is under Mike's umbrella. 
we have to navigate what really is the product experience versus the application experience from kind of that traditional perspective. Thank you so much, Diane. Great, great description. And I appreciate your, your uh, differentiating between the, those areas of responsibility. Well, as you suggested, why don't we turn to, to Vijay, uh, the chief technology officer of the organization. Uh, Vijay, talk about uh, where you fit into to, uh, to this picture, if you would, and, and again, your purview, if you would. Yeah, thanks, Peter. It's uh, fantastic to be here and also uh, be working with uh, two great leaders like Mike and Diane to kind of advance the digital capabilities in the company. Um, you know, when you think about the uh, heuristic that Diane just shared around the Venn diagram, you know, I would say I represent the product piece. And when we think about product, it's really the game changing part of what's going on in our industry right now is the software part of that product. And so, um, you know, from an agile parlance, I think about a very simple analogy uh, in the sense that, you know, there's two pieces, you know, build the right thing and building the thing right. And, you know, my focus is all around building the thing right and really building out a world-class digital software engineering organization at, at, at Johnson Controls and um, really focusing around the emerging space of edge IoT software, how that is integrated into a standardized software and data platform, which is OpenBlue, how do we create the set of experiences uh, on top of OpenBlue that allow our uh, customers to have outcomes like energy efficiency, sustainability, managing their spaces, smart buildings, and then applying all the AI and ML to, to really be able to generate those insights and creating that closed loop so that we fully get to uh, the smart autonomous building. So we're building the software and all the connectors and the data structures and the AI models uh, in my new organization to support that and work very closely with uh, Mike around you know, the customer needs and experiences and very closely with Diane's organization around uh, the broader ecosystem of service and support uh, and infrastructure and cybersecurity to make sure that you know, the, the pieces that are the overlap in that Venn diagram come together seamlessly. And as the as this is a new organization or new role at least, Vijay, how how did you uh, how have you built up the team? How much of it is drawing in uh, folks from other teams versus building it anew? Yeah, so this is it's come together really nicely. So you know, if you think about um, where Johnson Controls was circa six months ago, um, Mike had uh, the engineering resources for Open Blue as part of his team. Uh, and another colleague of ours, Jeff Williams, had uh, engineering resources sort of spread all across his broader product development and engineering organization and different product business units like uh, intrusion, controls, fire detection, uh, access control, and video surveillance. You could consider these all sort of edge capabilities that uh, were independently sort of stovepiped and kind of doing their all, their whole thing. So, you know, Mike working with George, you know, and others, you know, really brought together the strategy that 
if we can get one organization where all of these, you know, edge software engineering capabilities are brought together along with the integrated OpenBlue platform, that's where the magic really happens and can be a key strategic differentiator for the company because now we, we don't have these stovepipe solutions, but we have one holistic uh, solution that integrates all of these into one uh, unified software platform. And so we brought in the engineering resources from the global products organization and it's, I, I got to say, it's gone smashingly well, just in terms of, you know, being able to uh, exploit synergies or even the first 90 days, people working together, people who had never seen synergies uh, in the past. And now we're forming sort of one holistic agile organization, leveraging uh, a safe uh, agile uh, approach to, you know, bring more speed to market and more alignment, you know, with the strategic vision of the company. That's, that's great. I appreciate that overview. Diane, let me turn back to you, if I may, and, and talk a bit about, if you would, how this relation, the relationship between the three of you is governed. Um, you know, how do you, how regularly do you, do you uh, all get in touch, either formally or informally? You, you did a nice job, and, and Vijay continued uh, in talking about the different uh, areas that you cover and how one sort of bleeds into the next and so on. But needless to say, there's a lot of information that needs to flow between each of you as to what you're doing and, and how you can support each other uh, that I'm hearing through those descriptions. Can you talk a little bit about the, the governance of this relationship? Sure. There, there's certainly an informal aspect and a more formal aspect. Informally, we talk all the time. So before VJ was here, Mike and I would refer to each other as work siblings. So VJ, I guess you're now you're now another work sibling. <laughs> it's like, hey, do you have this? Do you have that? So that there's no contention. We absolutely get that we need to work productively on figuring out the handoffs and providing clarity to our teams because it's new. Our company is going through a huge transformational shift to become digital to the core. So the kinds of problems that we're solving are, um, are new to the organization. But let me just give an example of a more formal aspect. So when it comes to cybersecurity, we have what we'll call enterprise cybersecurity and we have product cybersecurity. The mitigations that you have, the challenges are very different. So we have two different cybersecurity steer codes on those two topics, but I attend the product one and my enterprise CISO attends the product one. And likewise, VJ and his product CISO attend mine so that we are absolutely uniform in our decisions, our approach, our governance, but that we recognize and are clear that we don't all do everything. We, you know, call it call it a racy, call it objectives to say, I have this, you have that. That's really great, uh, Mike. Um, as as the, the again the the one person who is uh, involved, uh, presumably in the hiring of the other two on the call here, and perhaps was therefore also involved in thinking about how the different parts and pieces uh, work together. Um, you know, first of all, I'd actually love your perspective on what it says about Johnson Controls that there is so much um, technology talent. Um, this uh, people here who've uh, been been CIOs, CDOs, 
heads of innovation at major corporations before joining this one, all at the top of, of this company. Talk a bit about, and, and as, as certainly also as the person who runs strategy for the organization, uh, about the strategic nature of technology and digital within JCI. Sure. No, happy to, Peter. And, and regarding your last question to Diane on, on governance between the three of us, it's a free-for-all. I'm kidding. <laughs> humor. We are the best of partners and pals uh, in making it all come together. And, and we're having, I'll be honest with you, we're having so much fun. Uh, it's just extraordinary. So, you know, firstly, on, on uh, the three of us working together, uh, I, I am so proud to uh, and thrilled to be even a partner with these two rock stars. Um, and, you know, both of them have extraordinary backgrounds. But beyond that, and, and I think Vijay said it, what we're doing at the company, actually Diane as well, what we're doing at the company is transforming it. And we have a history, you know, 100 and some year, 130 year old company, we have a history of technology innovation. We have a history of software and hardware and technology and, and even AI and other capabilities. Um, putting that together in a uniform approach that a customer can digest and actually utilize to get customer outcomes, be it energy, sustainability, whatever those amazing things are that they're asking for and that we're helping them on the journey for is, is our journey together, the three of us. And um, what we did with uh, with Vijay's role and the CTO role is so extraordinary. And I I would challenge anyone, and I'm sure there's, there's some out there, but I would challenge anyone in a, a multi-billion dollar industrial technology firm to point at another company that has put all of software engineering under one individual for every business unit across every part of the company. It's extraordinary. And of course, what you come out of that with is the ability to execute not only that vision, but a unified purpose, a unified approach about delivering those outcomes and capabilities and value to our customer base that we want to, because we've got you know, one leader that is leading that way around what that execution engine might look like to really get us there at a technology speed, by the way, not at an industrial speed, but at a software company speed, which we're so excited about. And, and Diane, um, our partner on the, the internal, but also uh, customer facing systems like billings and, and uh, uh, support platforms and service platforms and all of those elements, you know, Diane's team touches our customers in a very, very deep and rich way. Um, and her partnership with all of those platforms and systems intertwined with how we actually inf you know, infuse technology at the customer itself, in the buildings, in, in the technology that the, that the people carry around with them in mobile platforms, et cetera, is inherent in realizing that vision. So those three platforms coming together and, and really making sense. So anyway, it's, a, it's an amazing journey. I'd like to stay with you for a moment longer, Mike. Um, as you are the one who who owns the customer relationship, what a remarkable year and a half it has been uh, for companies uh, around the world. And obviously, the way in which which work is done, how people anticipate returning to offices or not, as the case may be. And I'm, I'm curious, as somebody who does speak with uh, so many uh, leaders of businesses and um, who works on obviously on a whole range of of topics related to the, the buildings in which they work as well. Uh, what are some of the top line things that you're hearing these days in terms of what the future of work might look like, recognizing, of course, that there are a whole range of flavors associated with that? 
Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great question. And certainly we're talking about it every day, almost every hour of, of what it looks like and helping our customers on that. Uh, you know, we're hearing many of them that they, they believe in the need for people to be in person, especially for certain roles and jobs and, and capabilities to, to collaborate in a way that, that uh, is personal. Um, and certainly digital platforms that allow us to engage are helpful as well. And, and there are certain populations that, that can work remotely. Um, I think that the technology that we're delivering as a company around making those places and spaces more healthy and resilient, um, and also the experience of being in that building, more, more uh, resilient and interesting and exciting. And then thirdly, the, the third leg on that tool is, and do so with a real mind, uh, mind's eye on, on sustainability and energy. Is, is top of mind these days. So how could I increase the healthiness of the spaces that people are coming into? How do I make their experience more interesting and exciting so they do want to be uh, in person to collaborate? And, and thirdly, how do I make sure that I'm actually becoming more zero carbon neutral um, or, and or giving back in, in that, that frame? And we're hearing those three elements every single day from every single customer about how we approach this and especially on the the uh, the energy side of this, we hear from many many CEOs. You know, there there are many ways of getting at uh, you know zero zero carbon footprint, uh, and and some of them involve you know credits and all the other things. Most of the CEOs though are asking, how do I really activate it? How do I make it sticky, reoccurring, and and part of my engine of running my company? That I become, you know, zero carbon uh, footprint and 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 do that, and so that's a really core fo focal point as we go through this journey. How do we help them really see that that journey through and make it real? That's great. I appreciate that, uh, VJ. I'm hearing echoes in what Mike just said with what you were describing before, also with regard to Open Blue, uh, your focus on energy efficiency, smart buildings, the use of AI, ML for greater insight, and so on. Um, I'm curious now. Uh, uh, how, what are you seeing? Uh, so you joined in, in, in May of this year. Uh, so in the interim, what have you learned uh, as a result of your, your interactions and, and the, the growth of the Open Blue platform in, in a similar vein to what Mike was alluding to? Yeah, I mean, I think um, a couple of things. I mean, one is I think we're in a very unique uh, place in time in terms of where we're positioned to add value uh, with our software and solutions in the sense that, you know, um, the macro level societal themes of decarbonization, um, smarter intelligence about your campuses and buildings, um, healthy spaces, um, all of those things are sort of, I would say, hypercharged right now, just based upon coming out of COVID, you know, kind of what's going on uh, uh, at a macro global level, just in terms of, um, you know, different uh, trends uh, with, you know, sustainability and uh, also the maturity of technologies at the edge. And so, you know, I, I feel like number one opportunity is perfect for Johnson Controls to really, um, you know, seize this marketplace and, and at the same time provide major societal value. That's what is so exciting for me at the end of the day about, you know, both the purpose as well as the opportunity um, in terms of what Johnson Controls can offer uh, companies around the world. 
the second thing I would say is what's exciting to me is that, you know, our breadth of acquisitions that we've made over the years across the building management landscape is uh, second to none. So, you know, that's a key strategic advantage. I don't know if we were deliberate about it when we made those acquisitions, but, you know, having all of those assets around cameras and, and surveillance and access controls and building controls and intrusion and fire uh, all across the portfolio, we basically have like a data generating machine, you know, about uh, the buildings that, you know, we're in. So that's a huge strategic asset as you think about things going forward. And now with Open Blue providing sort of the unifying platform for all of that data collection across the enterprise, you know, we have a key strategic asset that, you know, I believe is much more holistic than any of our uh, competitors' offerings, just due to the nature of, you know, the the much more narrow nature of their businesses, we're, we're much more holistic. Uh, the third thing, you know, I think we're seeing is, is that customers are much more about solutions than the software. And the software is all about enabling different solutions like our, you know, net zero as a service solution that really helps companies decarbonize or a solution that we're working on around smart hospitals or, you know, energy efficiency solutions in Asia Pacific. So I think our job, Mike and mine and our teams is to really put together that, you know, almost that uh, solution use case that allows us to go to market that much more quickly, integrating the software aspects with the customer pain points to create uh, a much more holistic and seamless solution experience. Thanks for that overview. Uh, Diane, as, as uh, the, the member of the team that focuses a lot on employee experience, I'm curious how you draw from some of what you, you know or, or learn about customer experience beyond the company uh, back into uh, how, how you and your team uh, enable employee experience uh, within JCI. Uh, so, so I guess there are two parts to that, the, 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 how you formulate your plans internally, but also draw lessons from, from the broader landscape uh, to inform that decision as well. Sure. So I'm going to answer the question in, in two ways. It's a fact that people are going back to buildings. It's also a fact that some people are not. So how do you create an inclusive experience for everyone, regardless of where they are? So my message is see faces, hear voices. How can you create something that is a, a level playing field so that we continue to have everyone represented who should be represented and give them a voice and never, ever, ever go back to the old world where you had some people in a room and everyone else on a phone and that was their experience. So really trying to take the great lessons that we've all learned in, in the last year and a half and continue that operating model and those behaviors, um, even for those that might be going back to an office and have them never forget those behaviors. But the, the other piece that I wanted to highlight, and it goes to that, that digital journey that we're going on and how you're really infusing the, the products that or the solutions that we bring to market and how now you have CIOs and CISOs who, who care 
about these products. And so I see that myself, my team, we're now more involved even in the commercial aspects of how we sell and solution to the marketplace. And so George Oliver, our CEO, wants all of us to be commercially minded and be um, account sponsors and be involved in selling. And I think that's a fabulous message for everyone in, I'll say, in my organization who in the past, you know, might have kind of kept them locked in a room. And that's not the case anymore. We're, We're forefront. Because it's our peers in the marketplace who are now also involved in decisions on our products. That's fantastic. I pre- appreciate that overview as well, and and how how uh, how that's that the the experience of the past eighteen months are informing the the way in which you foresee things going in the future as well. I'm curious, actually, how where, where do things stand now? Are are you what sort of a strategy are you looking to pursue? It sounds like a hybrid strategy of sorts, and ensuring that people are when they're coming together, they're productive and, and working together. But also, as people are are um, working virtually, they have a, a means of connecting in a in a meaningful way, or more meaningful than perhaps in the past. Is that a a fair fair synopsis? Absolutely, but we have always been a global company. And we always had meetings where there was somebody not in the room. I think that this has just really um, elevated the awareness that we needed to improve the experience of all of those participants. Makes sense. Well, good. I I, I would love to maybe, uh, Mike, Mike, I'll turn to you. You know, as you look to the future, um, and especially again as somebody who who oversees strategy for the entire firm, uh, to talk a little bit about what you, what are some of the things that excite you as you contemplate uh, leveraging technology and digital as a means of impacting, um, you know, the 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 business for the future. What are some of the aspects of the of the corporate strategy that continue to underscore uh, meaningful opportunities leveraging technology and digital? Sure. Thanks, Peter. You know, um, a, a couple of things. Number one, uh, the, the whole world, and we've been hearing this for years, but in the building space, it's moved a little slower. Uh, the whole world is becoming connected, right? And and so in our case, our ability to start to really, as, as Vijay said, reap the benefits and create insights of how you actually operate a building in a different way so that those experiences, that healthiness, and that sustainability are all front of mind in terms of how you execute. You know, buildings, much like automobiles years ago, were, uh, you know, there are a set of silos of technologies of core platforms, fire security, and all those types of things. When you start to bring those together, the insights that you can start to garner are pretty extraordinary. And, and beyond that, the, the impact that you can have on how the buildings use, how people are using it, and how they're experiencing it are totally changed and different. So I'm really, really excited about what that means because with that connection comes also another thing BJ mentioned, how you start to connect the dots around intelligence and how do you serve the people in that building in a different way? It's a little more, you know, the, the word used many times these days with automobiles, autonomous. How do you make that building a little more self-healing and self-learning around how to fix itself and how to approach that and how do you make uh, you know, service and, and service technology even more efficient about making sure that that building's operating at the best of capabilities and the people are, are reaping the best of benefits out of that? So AI, machine learning, everything being connected, 
common open platform-based capabilities that allow that connection to, to happen. And then, um, as Diane talked about, um, doing so in a secure way. So how do you start to create a fabric where, uh, you know, in this OT environment of big core industrial platforms, how do you start to really make that fabric a little more secure um, and, and protective of, uh, again, those buildings, the infrastructure itself, and the people in those buildings. And so I'm pretty excited about all of that journey. Lastly, maybe around Johns Controls itself, uh, you know, we're the, we're the largest company in this industry sector around buildings, technology, and capabilities. We, uh, with, with the addition of Diane and VJ and, and our, our strong uh, push across our whole executive team and, and George Oliver, our CEO, we are reaping very fast innovation cycles within the company and, and really delivering against that vision in a really unique, what I would call software technology kind of profile versus you know, more of an industrial. And with that comes, I think, some, some really opp great opportunities around leading the industry around what that means for the entire building life cycle and for our, our three core elements that we focus on, people, places, and planet. So really exciting times. Mike, I'd like to add on to what excites you about the company. So as I talked about with my responsibilities as the employee experience, everything that we do to transform our solutions and our product sets in the marketplace is an opportunity for all of our employees. When I talk about being digital to the core, this is really transforming the professional lives of all 100,000 employees we have. It's they think about solutions in the marketplace they then are improving how they operate and what their future potential is as an employee and as a professional. Certainly sounds like it. Well, uh, Mike Ellis, uh, Diane Schwartz, Vijay Sankaran, thank you all each uh, for, for joining me today and sharing a bit about uh, each of the areas that you are driving forward in, in quite an interesting time for the company. It's been great to speak with you all. Thank you. Thanks very much, Peter. Thank you, Peter. Thank you.